We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Being on this podcast is 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 is, uh, is being is very detrimental to, to my brand. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they'll come over from that podcast like, wow, he's really calm and not cursing. Yeah, who is like, that guy? Right. Maybe he we, must be on Prozac. I was just about to say we drugged you up before this one just to make sure it didn't <laughs> get out of hand. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, EFS lineup optimizers, and more. Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of rotowire.com. I am joined today by Jordan Cooper, who you may know from Twitter. His handle is at BlenderHD, which I've heard previously he's tried to explain as BlenderHead, but we all know it's really just high-definition blending. Uh, he has the same screen name or name on DraftKings and FanDuel. So, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm used. I'm used to hearing 
uh, your voice in my ears. So now I'm going to listen to the next podcast to hear my voice in my ears with your ear. It's going to be it's re- re- really confusing. I listen <laughs> to my own podcast afterwards anyway. So, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a little self-absorbed like that. Speaking of your podcast, you have a few of them. The one that I listen to regularly is called Fantasy Flush. Is it the Fantasy Flush? Eh, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's, it's, it, as, as long as it has some type of poop connotation, that typically goes along with my brand. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, for those who don't listen, I highly recommend it. It is a very entertaining listen. Um, Jordan does it basically after every uh, weekend to talk about uh, his, it was previously his struggles and now it's not as fun because he's winning all the time, but it talks about all of his DFS winnings. Um, and you've said on your podcast that um, people don't find it as entertaining. Um, I don't know if you, when you win, I don't know if you actually know that or not, but um, I'm here to confirm that that's true. <laughs> okay. I would think so because, I mean, that, that's, you don't tune, tune into a, like a radio show to listen to two people agree with each other. Right. You need conflict. I mean, that's what the entertainment part is. So, like, even if I made a small profit over a weekend or, you know, discussing the slates that are coming up, uh, you know, when something goes wrong, it's it, it's entertaining to hear someone go, you know, I can't believe X, Y, and Z happened. When someone's on tilt, like, that's entertaining. But when someone's just, you know, like, oh, well, I played the optimal play and it it came through, like, <laughs> how, what, what can I really make fun? I mean, uh, the, the, he didn't score enough. I didn't win first place by that much. I mean, like, the, it. Obviously, it's not. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to find even when I do win the small losses just so my my 83 listeners uh, stay <laughs> keep keep uh, listening to to my uh, ramblings, which is primarily I mean, although it is a, you know, fantasy sports, uh, primarily soccer, because that's kind of all I play. Uh, you know, it's it's entertainment. Like if you get insight out of it. Great. Uh, it, it's really, you know, for half an hour, you tune it in and. Oh yeah, I remember over the weekend so and so yeah got injured and I was pissed off also. It's you know, it's it's more like that. It's not like it's not like this podcast which I do listen to to hear all the uh, the picks that I uh, previously would have picked anyway. <laughs> and, and you're, you're t- t- just confirming like, oh yeah, you're right. That you're you're absolutely right. The, the team that's a that's a minus eight fifty favorite. Maybe I should take their set piece taker. Yeah, well that's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, your most, I don't know if it was actually the most recent podcast, it, um, the most recent one I've listened to, and it was yesterday, so I, I assume it is the most recent, uh, it was just about that, um, listening to, or why you shouldn't base all of your lineup decisions on touts, and um, I was listening to it uh, both from somebody who, uh, I guess, is tout. considered a tout. I do tout. Um, and I also read touts and I also fully believe that, uh, only going off of a, an article is wrong. Uh, and I think, um, for somebody who works for one of the bigger touting, uh, websites, uh, the, the, I don't want to say the complaints because now I'm kind of throwing people under the bus, but, uh, there are people who, uh, get into, uh, these sites and take take these articles and say, okay, I'll just play these and I'll win. And when they don't, it's like, wait a minute, this you know th- these guys aren't any good. But fantasy sports is just so much more than just pick these eight players and you'll be fine. And that's kind of where you were going with that. That the touts are there to kind of give you the the plays you should have already thought of. Um, and then there's some work after that. Is that did I sum- summarize that accurately? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, essentially, I mean, when when the slates come out for, for I mean, I primarily only play soccer, although I did play a little bit of baseball. And then I will play another sport when DraftKings give me, you know, the free tickets that you, yep. you, you, you might as well use anyway. And that's and to me, that's where I I perfectly admit that's when I use like the tout articles, like the golf contests. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to play golf. I don't that to me, it playing golf in and of itself is boring and then watching other people and then having the fantasy pe- like it's like <laughs> inception of boredom all the way through uh so yeah uh, like for those platinum tickets or whatever they had that golf contest yeah i i pretty much read three tau type of articles and i'm like oh it did i just want to know what the chalk is i'm not looking to win this gpp just i'm looking to take a free ticket and turn it into 100 bucks mm-hmm and with without, you know, just randomly picking people. I mean, like I, I could have done that because you might as well do something. You're going to lose the ticket anyway. But then I look at that and I go, OK, so and so, you know, I, I've never even heard of most. most I, I don't follow golf. So it's like these these names are new to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, that this one's on four different articles of like this. Uh, he's made cuts in this thing. OK, throw him in. And then, you know, oh, high up. He's the, you look at the, you know, like the betting lines, like for the golf contest and mm-hmm. go. What's the price in comparison to what their odds are? Oh, this guy's $2,000 less, but his odds of winning are not as dramatically different. So I'll throw that guy in. And then you'll use and you go, as long as, you know, I'm reading in articles that, you know, this guy may be out, he may be injured. It's like, okay, maybe I don't put him. I'm not going to even risk it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm using those things for. But when you follow the sport, like soccer, which I follow normally, uh, like those, t- I'm putting together dummy lineups when the slate comes out. Using that same, you know, like same type of thinking of like who's the big favorite, who who are the playmakers on their team, what are the prices? I look at all the prices, put it, you know, defenders of attacking home teams, and you know, I'm just putting together a dummy line. This is not the lineup that I'm going to run with, or it, it's a, one of the six I may run with, but I'm just putting it all together. And then by the time you know your article comes out, like yeah, it's all the people in my dummy. It's pretty much all the people in my dummy lineup. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, I mean, I would have gotten there anyway, and I could understand why that type of article would be good to someone that may be new to the sport or someone that what I call uh, using it as the the am I crazy type (laughs) of resource of like, this is what it should be. But, uh, you know, am I, you know, am I crazy? And you find out that, oh, I didn't realize, uh, you know, Neymar was on the yellow card suspension or something like that. So that changes everything. But. I only just found out about it because someone reminded me in some type of tout article. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but I guess I was crazy. <laughs> and then, and then from there, and then, then, then you do, then that's the starting point. Then it's, then it's a matter of now you start thinking about ownership percentages, what type of contests you're in. You see, you see, you know, over the course of a week, betting lines do change. Mm-hmm. Goal scoring odds change. Someone's going to be out. Someone may start, may not start. And that changes all those little things. That's why, you know, when, when that the, the, you could read all the articles you want and also you could develop your process all you want. Uh, most of what you're going to use, especially in soccer, when lineups come out, you know, an hour primarily, unless it's MLS because the start times are not exactly what they're supposed to be <laughs> and the teams aren't required. I mean, you have the revolution, they'll come out. Six minutes before lock, <laughs> uh, you know, you'll have that type of crap. Yep. Uh, but a lot of your decisions are being made in that hour because you'll find out in the last second there's a, a rotated fullback that's 3,200, which is now opening up an extra 1,500 in salary. 
And now you're like, okay, well now I could change everything around this way. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you're following the sport and you have your process in place and you know, you've already studied the lines, the formations and everything like that, you can now react to all that news and the better players are the ones that could do it in that point. It's very similar to poker where you could, you know, you could read a book all you want. You could read theory of poker. You could read the two plus two books and get everything down. And in the beginning, you know, you kind of have to think about things a lot more. You're concentrating more. But once you once you get used to your process, it's all about making those decisions at the table at the moment. Off the table, when you're, you know, someone learning poker may go, oh, yeah, it makes sense to do X, Y, and Z. But then they get on the table and they don't play as well because it's like, wow, things are – I can't think that quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's that's what separates the, the, the good players from the great players. It's a matter of that, that one hour when lock hits – and, see, and making all those adjustments, like in Champions League, where eight lineup, you know, eight games lineups come out at once, and it's midweek, and everyone's rotated, and you don't know who's going to rotate, or you know, this cheap guy is going to come in. Like, if you're just relying on tout articles, you're done. I mean, like that, you, no one could write that. Yeah. So I, if you're just going to go by the article, it, 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 yes, you have the starting point, but everyone has gotten to that starting point. Yeah, I think the the ability to pivot. Uh, when lineups come out is so underrated in terms of fantasy soccer that the idea that you can set a lineup on on Thursday for Saturday and think that you're okay um, is nuts. And that, that's ultimately the problem that we have with these tout articles in that, you know, we want to deliver them in enough time so that people can <clears throat> read them and kind of start building their lineups. But just like you said, if there's a, some sort of fullback rotation, we've got a $3,200 one uh, slotting in and now you have all this extra salary all of a sudden when you said you know someone else was your best play of the weekend and now you can all of a sudden fit you know Aguero in maybe you're you're gonna go that way and now you look like you're playing play you know playing guys that you didn't write about and people get all upset about that that's like kind of a common complaint in DFS anyway of you know this guy won all this money and he only ended up playing three guys that he wrote about um but I, but I think I, but I think that's a fundamental issue with the tout industry. And the, the word tout comes. I mean, the, that comes from the sports betting yeah. type of type of mentality. And tout is a sports betting term, not as much of a, you know, a lot of DFS kind of comes from that conglomeration of like sports betting people and poker people. Yep. So you, so you get a lot of the terminology that really doesn't fit, you know, what DFS really is. But I mean, they use it anyway. Uh, no, the problem with the, the, the tout industry is uh, one, and this is this would be I'm, I'm not this is not a knock on you, Andrew, because I know that, you know, you're 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 not you don't play DFS for a living. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I go by the, the real estate flipper type of people that you see doing seminars and hotel rooms type of type of crap. Like if they if you were so good at flipping real estate, then why aren't you just got why, why are you selling me fifty dollar seminars mm -hmm. on to do it? So taking that into account, it's perfectly all the writers are writing, but understand that hey, if if they're spending their time writing, how good of a player can they possibly be? Because all the if you take look at look at the top multi entry you know people that you know play fifty thousand a slate, they ain't writing anything. Mm -hmm. Not, and it's not because they don't want to give away their plays. It's like it's not worth it enough. They're not going to spend an hour to write an article. They're they're for I mean, writers don't get paid that much money. Mm -hmm. So so I mean, it's 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 the same thing as, uh, you know, a political commentator. 
It's like, you know, if they were that if they were that good of a political strategist, they'd be on a campaign and not talking on Fox News. <laughs> so but I mean, which is fine for them. But you have to take that into account that you're you're not reading the best people's picks. You're this is this is a, a 101 type of lesson. And I think that goes uh, with the other fundamental uh, issue with the touting industry is that it's and I, I come from a sales and marketing background, so I understand why it's pitched too much as get our the great picks so you don't have to do anything else. It's pitch. It, it's not explicitly stated that well, but it's kind of sold as if you if you buy our subscription monthly package, you'll get all the resources you'll ever need. And and you're going to win some contests mm-hmm. when, in fact, it really should be. It's like, hey, do you want a starting point so that, uh, you know, that you, you, you're not putting like really crap players in your lineups so that you could at least be somewhat competitive? Like, that's not a very good sales pitch. I mean, like, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? That, you know, mm-hmm. No one's going, oh, I got to pay $50 a month for this mm-hmm. so, so I could be somewhat competitive. So it's it, that it's that uh, dissonance between making all those shifts and then, you know, it's like, oh, well, the, they didn't write about it in the article or whatever. Said, yeah, because your expectation was like, if you play those guys, you're good. Right. Like that, that isn't, that shouldn't, that this is your, it's someone that has done three hours of research. So you don't have to do the first three hours, but the next three hours are on you. Yeah. I, and that's, uh, I think that's the point that a lot of people miss is, uh, that in order to like fantasy sports and DFS is really easy to play, but it's not really easy to win. And, and that's a big difference, uh, obviously a big difference. And I think that's where these tout articles, uh, I don't want to say we fall short with it, um, but there's nothing else you could do. I mean, what else can the, the only other thing you could do is literally, you know, be I mean, it have to be some type of premium service, literally be there an hour before lock and go. Now that this is all taken care of, you should think about this guy, that guy, this guy and this guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, from a from a time to, you know, the payment thing, it's like it. no. But, e- but even that, then you're getting advice from people who are then not doing it themselves. Right. Because that, that's, that, that goes back to the first fundamental problem. Right. right. The two things are connected, in my opinion. Right. That's the killer part um, is that that hour before um, just makes it much more difficult to to kind of use it, blast out a mass, hear all the changes that are going to happen now. Because, you know, if you're playing them yourself, you obviously have to make the changes and then you have to go through and then tell all of the people who are paying to write you to do it. So, right. Anyway. And then also, and then also becomes a conflict of interest in the sense it's bad for everyone. Cause number one, I mean, I, I, I coined the term, uh, it, it, hype effing, mm-hmm. uh, is when, you know, a, a tout, you know, a, says, Oh, this is the lock. And then never, then doesn't play them. Right. Uh, and, and, and they do badly. Uh, and Typically, that I, I would say that in a sense as a joking matter of they're purposely stating that so the ownership percentage gets high on that guy so they could go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But but when you're playing, you're playing against the people that are writing. Right. Like that's not a good situation to be in on both ends because like why would I want to tell you who I'm playing when you're in my contests? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just limiting my ROI. <laughs> and then why would you want to play who I'm playing because that's limiting. It's it's limits everyone. Because right. you don't. You, and then since you're not, since the the person reading may not have a process, how do they know who, wh- if I should even be trustworthy? That my picks are even worth. Uh, you know, there there are plenty. Of, there are there there are several 
soccer people that write articles that I I read as entertainment, not as actual picks, <laughs> because I just find it laughable when uh, you know the their their midfield studs are people that are suspended. Right. And the article's written a day before the slate, and the guy was suspended a week ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and everyone knows he's not going to play. Yet in your article, it's like you got to play this guy. It's like not if he's not if he's out for six weeks. <laughs> right. Uh, well, let's talk about that process, because <clears throat> you said uh, on your own podcast, and I apologize for making you uh, rehash it here. And for those who listen to uh, the Fantasy Flush and this podcast, um, you're going to hear it again. But uh, do you actually have like a specific formula that you, you know, f- uh, certain steps that you go through for each lineup or um like, how, how do you go about um, starting your lineup building process? Uh, my lineup building is, uh, I although although I am a profitable player, I don't use algorithms. Mm-hmm. I don't use spread. I don't have spreadsheets. I don't use projections. Uh, firstly, uh, soccer projections are BS uh, because they're they have a fundamental problem with uh, they don't they don't tally up to nothing. I mean, they the problem with projections in soccer is that. Like, if the goal, if if the game's only going to be two nothing, and the team has three forwards, like, you can't all project them. Like, the projections don't add up to the total score. Mm-hmm. If you add up all the projections, the score of the game it has to be ten to eight, because every forward is going to have some type of projection of scoring, but it's only going to be one of them. Yeah. Like, if, you, if if there's only going to be one goal out of three forwards. You can't project one to be 10 and one to be eight and one to be six because that doesn't equal 12, <laughs> which is the points that you get for a goal. Now, I always do that, by the way. What? Ours are, are ratioed, basically. Okay. Well, so we do a which, team projection and then we split it out how we. So our expected goal, individual expected goals should equal reasonable team goal. Okay. Well, at, at least at least as a control mechanism. But I'm yeah. saying that you're, you're looking at you're looking at that in like. Like the 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 variation between what the the range of each of the projected scores are above the standard deviation of I hear you yep like, like there's a margin of error that like <laughs> like you could see, you could obviously for certain players you could take guys like Dimitri Payet mm-hmm. that you know that have are very consistent that you could you could you could project uh you know you could project. For this week, it's 13. For next week, it's 11. But, I mean, really, it's a range of 8 to 20. Yeah. Yep. No matter Particularly what, with guys like him. Right. But then you then you have guys like, let's say, Joel Ward. I, I, you, I always use him as an example in my head uh, as the quintessential boring fullback. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I'm, I'm talking about concepts. Like, I know you asked me about lineup building, but I'm I'm less involved in the picks. I'm more in, more inclined to understanding the concepts and then you could look at players even if you don't know any you could go and play the romanian first division and as long as you could look at all the players it would all apply no matter what yep totally so so like if you take uh, the distribution curve like projections to me are probabilities not points yes so so in uh for dimitri Payet, for instance because we're going to use him as the quintessential like consistent he has high floor and high upside so if you project him, let's say for twelve, it's really the the twelve projection is a he has a fifteen percent chance of getting twelve points. He has a twelve percent chance of getting thirteen points. He has an eight percent chance of getting fourteen points. Mm-hmm. He has an eight percent chance of getting ten points also. 
He has a 6% chance of getting five points. He has a 4% chance of getting 22 points. I mean, like, it's a distribution curve. If you were to graph it out, it would look like a nice little mound. Yep. Uh, if you take someone like, let's say, uh, Joel Ward, the quintessential, uh, really, I mean, you would be projected for four points, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. If you look at his game logs, he doesn't really score. He rarely assists. He plays 90 minutes. Sometimes he gets that clean sheet. Sometimes he doesn't. But it's somewhere around four points or something like that. Uh, good to plug in if you have, you know, if no one else uh, for like 4,200. But his distribution curve would be like, well, if he's projected for four points, it's like a 40% chance that he got four points. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 20% for five points. Like <laughs> right. once, you get up, once you get up to like 10 points, like 10 points is still a 2% chance. Mm-hmm. 12 points is a 1% chance. And he, he has a, a, as much of a chance of getting 12 points as he does of getting minus one. <laughs> right. Right. So you look at that distribution curve, it looks like one big bump. Like it goes dramatically up at one to two to three to four and then comes dramatically down to like, you know, seven or eight and then kind of tails off. So like like his chance of getting 20 points is as probabilistic as getting negative six points. <laughs> right. right. If you look at that. But the projection in and of itself, it's like you're not looking at four points. You're looking at that distribution curve of, well, when I pick Joel Ward, I'm basically p- picking uh, three to five points, most likely, out of all of this, with limited upside and really barely a floor, but it's it, just something there. Yes. And then you're looking at the price based on that distribution curve. And on, then obviously, depending on the contests that you're in, you know, you have to weigh the 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 small bumpy people with the more ironed out kind of the moundy people. These are re- really scientific terms, by the way, <laughs> mathematical terms. That's right. Uh and then construct your lineup accordingly. You can't you can't uh, think you're going to win a GPP by having all bumpy people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. The, you're, you're the probability of you, you're going to need three and four of those players to hit those one percent goal scoring probabilities in order to win. If one of them hits, great, you hit the cash line. That didn't do you any good. So I think a lot of times people construct their lineups in a vacuum and go, well, I'm going to put this guy, that guy, this guy in. And most of the time they do it on the, the, the other end of the spectrum. They do it by playing too many risky people yes. at once. And yes, you may win a GPP you know, once a year that way, but it's also in comparison to the amount of people that are in the contest. I can understand, hey, that, that may be a positive ROI in NFL because you have to beat out like like 500,000 entries. Right. Like it's the most likely top entry in the million dollar tournament is going to be the nut lineup. Mm-hmm. Like the likelihood because of so many people competing. It's not because someone's better than the other people, just because so many people are competing in soccer. And I'm not even talking about MLS, which is small, uh, but even an EPL. I mean, the three dollar tournament may have six thousand entries. Mm-hmm. So the, the nut lineup, I mean, n- no one will. Ha- I mean, the, there are times where center backs score, you know, you know, three out of the eight goals on the slate. And who would have all three of them? Right. I mean, you rarely see them. You may say, oh, someone had that guy and one person had that guy. But no one had all three because do you know how improbable that would be for only getting paid two thousand dollars? <laughs> they also don't. Do that? They also don't have them because they were good plays. They have them because they were twenty nine hundred bucks. Right. Like that's that's the ultimate. I feel like just uh, 
but you can play that way. Like there's no, there's no reason. I know Skyler loves playing those center backs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, but I, I could see in a GPP playing one yes. going, I'm going to differentiate. I'm going to, I'm going after the guy that's either going to get two or 12 because he's a center back. Mm-hmm. You know, his floor is going to be limited. Uh, and that's the purpose. Like, but you can't, you can't combine that and also put in two, uh, low goal scoring, odd goal dependent forwards. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause you, you need so much, you, you need three things to happen in order to go. Well, you want to make it so that you don't have that many points of failure, even in a GPP lineup that, that you're putting together. Like, like that's why uh, I'm the most boring DFS player, because if you take a look at my lineups, it's practically all chalk all the time. Mm-hmm. And my GPP lineups are like, oh, I took out the, the forward that has somewhat of a floor with a forward that has no floor. That is, you know, may get poached two goals. Mm-hmm. And that's where I may are instead of playing the, the you know, like on Man City. And so I my GPP lineup is instead of playing Kevin De Bruyne, I played David Silva mm-hmm. because I know Silva is going to be six percent owned while KDB is going to be 34 percent owned. Yep. And I'm just like, Man City may score three or four goals. And I'm just going to hope that KDB gets injured again or something <laughs> like that. But oh, but the rest of my lineup looks like chalk. It looks like any anyone else, others cash lineup. Because you're playing against 6,000 entries. I mean, like, you don't have to different. You don't have to play the center back, and then you're going to go for the, like, this coming week or whatever, like Middlesbrough. But, you know, I'm going to play Negredo and Ramirez. And, <laughs> like, like so you're you're hoping for a Middlesbrough blowout as well as a Crystal Palace, Scott Dan scoring <laughs> and the, in the same week. Mm-hmm. Like, one of – okay, fine. Do one of the two, but not both. Yeah. When you're when, and and you the, the reason is only because like you're you the the probability of that happening versus the amount of money you win when that does happen is like you know it's such like it's like roulette on roulette you get paid with thirty five to one but there are thirty seven spots on the wheel mm-hmm. so I mean you're losing money you're losing five and a quarter percent on the actual probability of that happening so let's say it's a three dollar entry and a two thousand dollar Let's say it's three thousand dollar first prize, so that's a thousand to one. The probability of Scott Dan scoring and Middlesbrough scoring three goals all through Alvaro Negredo and Gaston <laughs> Ramirez is probably more than a thousand to one in right. one day. Yep. So if you're not going to try to make a million dollars, that to me that lineup construction, it hey you may hit it hey you may get lucky once, but don't don't view that as a good play. And I think the the difference between average players and good players in DFS is the ability to know, did you win or lose based on luck, or did you win or lose based on skill? Because there are plenty of times that I've won, and I go, well, I got lucky there. The guy that I put in as a as a, a rotation fullback managed to score a goal. Mm-hmm. Like, But that wasn't the reason I was playing him. It was just so lucky that I, that I got a goal there instead right. of just five points. Versus, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play the, the complete contrarian whatever, and it comes through and you go, well, it was because of my skill. It's like, no, you, you got lucky there also. <laughs> I think one of the biggest problems that we have um, tout-wise is we, we use this term like he's a GPP play only. And uh, I find that there are lineups that have multiple of those guys, which takes you out of the running for money most m- more often than not. Um, and just like, you know, the example you just gave with Ramirez and Negredo, it's like, yeah, they're good GPP plays, but they're probably not good plays together. Um, regardless, right, I mean, for, home against right, Sunderland is probably still not a great play. Right. Well, it, de- it depends on how much money, like everything's always relative. And I think 
uh, that, and this is the reason why even on my own podcast, I say, I don't, I, I don't even like talking about player picks mm-hmm. because it, 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 to me, it's boring because the player picks I'm going to give you is going to be in every other title. I mean, like, it, <laughs> I'm not saying anything that isn't it's like, Ooh, cause I'm boring. So, I mean, if you, if you don't know how to identify the chalk, you have a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to fix that first. Yep. But, uh, everything you play in relation to other people and people on, on podcasts, on articles that, you know, talk about, it's all this line. Do I play this quarterback or that quarterback? Cause everything we're talking about has nothing to just do with soccer. Yep. We're just using soccer as the example. Cause I mean, that's 99% of, you know, my action, uh, that like if if you're playing a head-to-head match against the worst person if you're playing if i told you right now in the next epl slate your your head-to-head ten dollar head-to-head match is gonna it, the guy's gonna score 50 points your opponent which for for epl is is really low yep uh, but that happens too <laughs> yeah but that happens too but if i told you that how would that affect your lineup construction mm-hmm. well i your goal is not to score 150 points. All you need to do is score 51. Right. That's all you need. If you're playing basketball, you know, I'm, I'm a horrible athlete, but you, you, you find me the kid in the wheelchair and I'll beat him. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, no offense. Right. I'll dunk on him. <laughs> Even though I, you you put me against LeBron James, I have no, I have no chance in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. So, but if we're going to bet $10 on it, you know, I'm, I'm playing against weaker players. That that's all that really matters. So mm-hmm. I think that the the biggest decision that you should make that will be the difference between positive and negative ROI or more positive ROI is that before you even make a lineup before is it's content selection in poker. I mean, I used to, I, I, I mean, I used to play poker for a living. Uh, there's, there's nothing more uh, more important of a decision when you enter a card room than what table you sit at. Because you sit at a table with two bad players that are just dumping money. Doesn't matter who else is at the table. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. You go to a table that, that you know, that the, the often quote is that, you know, if you're the 10th best poker player in the world, you're still going broke if you're playing at a table with the nine best poker players in the world. Right. So, and that's what, why do you think I'm boring? Because I'm, I'm entering contests based on looking at, Obviously, I use like Roto Tracker to track, you know, and import CSVs and look at results, uh, you know, in certain contests at different leagues or whatever, and go, uh, where where's my most profitable situations? And in in certain leagues, like in MLS, uh, I, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm a, but like I'm better than everyone else, but I I think I have an edge over everyone in MLS. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two other people. That I would stay away from, but not like, like the amount of volume that I could put in MLS is like 405. I could be in every contest for 400 bucks. Yep. So, I mean, I'm already at a bankroll level where, you know, in the EPL or UCL, I'm playing a thousand, fifteen hundred a slate. So to play $400 in MLS is no big deal when I fine, I'll be in a situation. My, my, my first hundred dollars, I'm in an ROI plus 15% situation. But by the time I get to the bottom, I'm like in a plus 1%. Mm Mm-hmm. But since I'm 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 not, I'm not reaching my bankroll threshold, that's fine. I'll take the one percent edge. I'll take the half a percent edge. It's better than nothing, right? But then in the in UCL or EPL, where you know I'm not playing the three hundred dollar contests. I'm not playing the the hundred even the they you know the the top corner or whatever. 
Uh, and I'm not doing that because necessarily because of bankroll. I just look at I, I, you click the entrance button. You go, OK, I have a negative ROI against that guy and this guy. Uh, we're practically trading rake against these next three people. And I'm like, like, you're already paying 10%. You're going to pay, uh, what, on a GPP, you're paying 15% rake most of the time. Yep. The higher ones, it may be 12. So it's like, where's my edge? Now, if I see two or three people that I don't recognize in the contest, uh, I'm just going to assume, since they're not as much of a regular, that I'm probably better than them. So as long as I get two or three people in there that I don't really know or whatever, okay, let me enter that. And the lower the stakes it is, the less likely it, it affects the, my bankroll threshold. So I'll throw more, you know, I'll play every $1 double up, every $3 double up, because you'll always find in a 23-man double up, there'll be four or five people in there that you're looking at going, you probably have a 30, 40% edge on. They may get lucky once in a while, but I mean, you're, you, it's the same concept of walking into that card room and going, what table am I going to sit at? Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, if you find that, hey, there, there's, there's no whales playing, no one's dumping money. It's all the guys you know. You know they, they, you, you, they've shown you pictures of their kids and you talk to and you're like, you're not going to get any money out of these people. It's perfectly fine not to play those contests. It's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm typically in soccer more aggressive in cash on Sundays versus Saturdays. And the reason isn't because like I'm a short slate specialist because Sunday is typically a two or three game slate or something like that for EPL. And while Saturday could be five, six, seven, you know, or sometimes eight. Uh, no, it's just that a lot, a lot of the more regular good players in in soccer on DraftKings take Sunday off, or with NFL, they're focused on they're also playing NFL, and I don't see them in contests. And I'm like, okay, well, there's 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 two guys I don't have to worry about anymore, so now I have a little bit more advantage. So I'm going to enter, you know, a 25 to 50 double ups and play a little bit more aggressively because it, it nothing affects my lineup. I mean, I, Andrew, I'm not talking anything about making lineups at all at this point it's just a matter of of i look at my stats and i go i i could i could estimate that 25 to 30 percent of my profit of is just based on contest selection mm-hmm. solely so i mean so uh, i mean even on my my podcast i I'm, I'm transparent with how much i i make i mean i don't say on a week-to-week basis i made this amount of that amount but you know i went through and go here's my i mean it's not it's not world beating or anything it's I mean, if you if you talk to other DFS players, they'd show you very similar type of statistics for profitable ones, obviously. And, you know, like tw- a 20 or 30 percent difference when, you know, your ROI is typically, you know, 10 to 15 percent. I mean, that's that's a huge amount of money. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about over a course of a year, uh, you know, making 50,000 on DFS, I mean, when 10,000 of it is purely based on what contest you put yourself into. I mean, if you're already making great lineups, I mean, you could increase your ROI overnight just by not going, uh, I'm just going to enter all of these things and play one lineup in all different types of contests. Or, you know, I'm going to play four different lines. I'm going to play 50 lineups in all these GPPs and play nothing in cash. Like all of that, the, all, the, the way that you spread out your equity in the types of contests and the, the opponents that you're playing against, like that, that has more dramatic of an effect. On, on whether or not you select Mesut Ozil or Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I was going to actually plug that because you you did speak about on your um, on your podcast either I think it was last week that um, just your progression through the last year of going from playing basically twenty bucks a slate to what you said now up to fifteen hundred, and it's not because you you know won a 
$100,000 end of season contest or that you're all GPP and all of that. But it's <clears throat> so much of it is just like you said, picking the, the contests and, uh, you know, making sure that you're uh, tracking it enough that you know where you're successful. I think a lot of people kind of get thrown, you know, if they have one uh, big GPP win, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm great at GPPs. And then uh, ignoring the fact that they don't cash 70% of the time, you know, that can really throw you off. So um, I totally agree on on the ability to, to recognize what type of contest you should be playing. Um, you've spoken previously about, uh, and you kind of mentioned it now about multi-entering. And I think people kind of get thrown off because for those who kind of look through the um, the head-to-head lobbies or, or, I mean, basically on MLS, every time they click into a, a contest, they see Blender HD there, but you're not there making 150 entries. Am I correct about no, that? No, no. Right. No, typically. Tip, it, it all depends on the payout structures of the of the GPPs, uh, the obviously the amount of entries and the amount of games. I mean, there's only so many there's only so many combinations you can make. But anytime I make mult, a multiple list, I mean MLS, I may only make three or three or four lineups mm-hmm. uh, on a typical slate. Uh, to I'm I'm looking to decrease my variance and variance is just so that you know, like I I'm going to put together an optimal lineup. For cash, because I'm 70 plus percent of my average, 775 is going to be double ups, 50-50s, head to heads, tri- you know, triple ups, that type of range, and 30 mm-hmm. percent is going to be GPP. So I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking to hit that cash line. Like that's that's really my goal. If I if I win GPPs, that's great. I switched out one guy and he scored a hat trick and yeehaw. What's what would I? I went contrarian one lineup and yeehaw, something happened. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to spread out my equity so that like what I said before about having too many points of failures, like if I look at the slate and I go, okay, I think this is the optimal play, but if that doesn't work, if, if he bombs, like I'm done. Mm-hmm. So I want to spread out that, you know, since he, he may be a little bit more risky, I want to put more equity into a lineup with that guy in triple ups and 10 X's because I want to get paid for the riskiness mm-hmm. of that play. Uh, and then the safer line, the, the, the safer lineup will have the, the really safe play like the as safe as I could possibly get. I mean, a lot of times we look at, uh, you know, in MLS Giovinco, like uh, he's up to 14 K, but sometimes you in cash, you almost have to play him yep. no matter what. Uh, and, and there have been times that I've been burned not playing him in cash going, I'm going to do the dinky do and what I call when you play, you know, two low price forwards uh, and then, you know, all the high price midfielders and go, okay, Giovinco is going to be 40% owned in cash, 50% owned in cash. I'm basically playing this lineup betting against Giovinco. Yep. As long as Giovinco fails, I I'm cashing. So I'm, I'm not, my point of failure is just that one thing of I'm, I'm making that bet. And if he does, if he scores 25 points, I'm screwed, kind of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm making lineups in, in, in going along with that. So my optimal lineup, I may, in, may have 70% of my action, and it's all in double-ups and head-to-heads and that type of thing. That's my cash lineup. And then I may make three other lineups, and one will be in the 27, the golden boot. One will be in the – another one will be in the 12, in the 9 GPP. I'm not going to put them all in the same GPPs because, you know, like – I want to. I want to be able to. Since the payout structures on GPPs are so top heavy, I'm looking to win. 
cashing in those lineups, I don't care about. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a you know oh okay I got my money back type of situation. My my goal is to win one of those. So the nine dollar uh, GPP may be the first place, maybe two hundred bucks. Second place is a hundred. By the time you get to seventh, you're back to your twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like so, you're looking to win. So you want to have as many lineups. That's the the concept with uh, payout structures is uh, if the payout structure is very top heavy. You want to have more lineups with less equity in them. If the payout structure is flatter, you want to have less lineups with more equity in them. Mm-hmm. If you understand the concept. So if you in a three in a three dollar GPP, if they if DraftKings has you know a special running where first place is fifteen thousand, but by the time you get to sixth place, it's five hundred bucks. Like multi-entering that with the same lineup eighteen times makes no sense. You'd you'd. You'd rather, even if you love that lineup, change the goalkeeper out. Same lineup, different goalkeeper. Same lineup, different defender. Just slightly, because your goal is to come in first. So you, you don't want to come in eighth six times. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to make the same amount of money that you would coming in first. So that's when certain uh, slates, I make 15 lineups. Certain okay. slates, I make three. Certain sli- I mean, it really all depends on how do I want to spread out the equity in all of my lineups. And then, you know, you take a look and you say, oh, you see me here. You, there there, have been times that I've won the golden boot on an EPL slate and have barely made a profit <laughs> because my cash lineup did so poorly that 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 GPP saved me from going off the cliff. Right. <laughs> um, when. So are you I, you obviously are playing um, essentially every slate. Am I right about that? Uh, other than Liga MX. OK. Um, do you not watch League MX? No, I died. And by by the by the time, uh, well, they started offering it, and uh, I, I never watched you know Mexican League, uh, soccer. Mm-hmm. And by the time I would have considered playing, the, the the contest sizes were so small that what the amount of research that I would have to do is yeah. like, what? Why am I doing? I mean, if I was following it already, like if you know, that's why when they put an MLS. Like it, MLS is so small, but I, I mean, I follow MLS anyway. So I right. mean, it's not like it did like when they put in the Liga. Yes, I need to learn some people because I mean, I really only knew the the, the Champions League and Europa League teams. Uh-huh. But I at least already knew that if they put in a league, if they're going to put in a new league, they got to have a, enough of a prize pool where it's worth it for me to even go on who scored and even see who's on, you know, on these teams uh-huh. to begin with. So I'm saying with a Europa League like it, that is smaller. But it's it's good enough contest sizes that, that it's it's worth my time. Yeah, bigger than MLS. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I a, but if you're already following it, it, doesn't matter. Like that, when people ask, like, why do you just play soccer? Why don't you play NBA or you know? Because a lot of these concepts they go for every sport. So it's it, if you're good at DFS conceptually, you're probably going to be good in almost any sport. They all have their own little nuances, but it's like like I don't I don't even like watching basketball. <laughs> I don't like golf. I don't like. I mean, I played baseball. I mean. Because I used my first foray into fantasy sports was rotisserie baseball, so I mean, even though I don't follow baseball anymore, like as long as I know the players, I understand the concepts mm-hmm. behind baseball in general. Uh, but I mean, NFL, I only played the first week because there was so much overlay. Uh, the first week in DraftKings NFL that I just like I put in like a thousand bucks into just the double ups, and I doubled my money just by basically, like we said in the beginning, going with let me look at all these tout articles. 
give me the safest people you could possibly find mm-hmm. because you know there's there's a there's a 12 to 15 percent overlay as it is uh so it's like i i get a, a little even more of an edge i'm not looking to win anything and then you go you plug some stuff in you play you know i played two different lineups throw it all in double my money like okay get it out of there but other than that i'm I don't know. I don't know who Devontae Jackson is. That even a player? I don't know. Did I combine two I think people you combined, together? I think you yeah, combined I a think few different right. players. <laughs> Levante, Levante uh, Beckham or something. <laughs> There's uh, the Dak, Dak, uh, Dak Bono or something. I don't know. Like that's why I said I don't like. Why would I? Why would I put my money on the line on a sport that I don't even follow or like? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to me, that's that's stupid. Just for the sake of being what a degenerate gambler. <laughs> No, you're just a strong, active DFS community member. That's all, right? Yeah, but I'd just rather put I'd put more money into soccer. Like if it got to the point where I'm putting in 50k a slate in soccer, and still I, I'm I'm not satisfied with winning a million dollars a year, maybe then I'll extend myself. <laughs> <laughs> Could you even win a million dollars playing soccer? I have no idea. Maybe I mean, yeah, yeah. If you want yeah, everything, got, well, I mean, he got Sahil. I mean, he'll he'll play soccer even though he's a. He'll even fully admit he's a a negative ROI player, mm-hmm. and he's not. He's and he's not horrible. I mean that that's why that's why uh, it really you really have to look at in relation to one another. When people are building lineups and going, should I play this guy versus that guy versus this guy versus that guy? I'm like, well, who are you playing? Like if you know, and uh, there are certain people, especially in soccer, when the community is as small as it is, you know, I. There are times where I could pre- predict his lineup. Mm-hmm. I, I look at goal scoring and it's like I know he he weights goal scoring odds more than I do for a cash lineup. Uh, and everyone else all has those type of proclivities. And that's very similar to what with uh, the tout articles and the people that write is like, what do they weight more than you? There are some people that don't care if the goalkeeper is away or at home. Mm-hmm. But I, I view that a little bit more. For like fullbacks or like depending on the formation. Sometimes I talk about formations and, you know, well, no, they normally would be playing 4-4-2. But now that they're playing 4-3-3, the guy that normally would be playing in the 10 is now playing in the midfield three. So he's going to have less opportunity to like he's not crossing the ball anymore. Yep. Like you got to if you knew that you that now his price should really go down. And then a fullback, is, they're going to bomb up because they're playing on the road. But I mean, we see that in in. Champions League or two-legged ties, like an MLS or something, where it's like, yeah, they're on the road, but they have to score. Yep. So it's like normally I don't like playing away fullbacks on underdog teams because they're most likely not going to be bombing forward. But uh, when you're two goals down and you need to you need to score two or something like that, most likely they're going to get a little bit more forward, and the, they're, they're priced as if they're not. Right. So you could look at that, but I mean these. We're talking about nuances like if, if you're just if you're just entering contests and reading articles and whatever, like you're never going to get better if you're just going to rely on that and not on your actual gameplay. And that's why in, if you don't follow soccer and it's like, oh, I don't want to have to deal with, well, this formation equals that. For, th- that's fine. What you're doing right now, if you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably not doing that bad. I listen to this podcast and I go, I agree with 90 percent of what they say and I do pretty well. But you just may be entering a ten dollar double up, you know, an eleven man double up, and you're playing against the ten better players than you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, your score of one hundred and twelve that one week. That you know, oh, I put in fifty dollars worth of entries and I only got eight back. 
Uh, maybe you would have gotten, maybe you still would have lost and gotten 36 back had you been in other double ups right. rather than the ones that you were in. So if you could do, if you, all by doing that and keeping your same lineup process, see whether or not that makes a difference. I mean, that's why you track your results. If you're going to be much better with contest selection, try it out for a month and then compare your double up results versus your previous month's double up results of the same, you know, winning variety, whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, and see, see if that works out for you. Because I mean, especially in soccer, the community is small enough that, you know, I'd, I mean, it's not a matter. I mean, I, I, I make fun. I call them no badgers, mm -hmm. you know, people that don't have a badge because it pretty much, I mean, you get a bad, I mean, as it's very hard not to have a badge. Most of the people with a badge are losing players. Okay. Predominantly, if you go on DraftKings, uh, <laughs> not, because, because 98% of people have badges. So, I mean, you're going to have a lot of losing players anyway. They just play a lot. Uh, but if you see a no badger, the most li the likelihood of them being good is probably small. Right. So it's not like it's nothing against them. It's not, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not emailing them. I'm not sending them challenges. I'm just looking, kick, looking the entrance button going, uh, do I recognize anyone? But I mean, I was doing that before the badges. Mm -hmm. I was just doing it based on, you know, I look, I look at the, you know, the, the head to head lobby or whatever, or the, the double up lobby. And I'm like, okay, Saramac, Devo, Vigo, Pew, 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 <laughs> Poop Dollar. I'm like, like, these are the same people that are like, last week. I mean, I may think I'm slightly better than some or whatever, but it's such, it's the edge is underneath, is, is underneath the rake. Right. Like they like, if you played them head to head over the course of a year, you both would lose. <laughs> right. The rake would eat you. Right. DraftKings wins. Right. Exactly. So why would you even be playing them? But then you start looking and you go, oh, okay, I see three people. You know, he's, he's a new guy. Uh, okay. But that new, in a, an 11 man, let's say 11 man double up, 10% uh, goes to the rake. You know, that one extra entry. Mm -hmm. you know, so if if you see a, a, a no badger, someone that you don't recognize, whatever, I don't I don't I don't want to defame no badgers that are listening. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing against no badger. We're not building a wall. We're not doing anything uh, uh, like that. No badger. If you think you, you have a 90 percent chance of like you would beat them head to head or whatever like that, like that. No badger is paying is paying for the rake because that's that one entry that's going to be in last place. Mm hmm. So now it's a 10 man double up. You add another no badger that's adding to your equity by 9%. So every play, every person that's in that contest that you don't recognize that isn't one of the regulars or whatever is a 9% increase in your ROI, which in double ups, when my overall double up ROI is like 12% overall over <laughs> the course of my, I mean, that's, that's all you're going to get much of an edge over. I mean, from a year's worth of, of playing all of them, so 9% is humongous. Right. Right. So if I see two people, all I need to do, that's why, you know, sometimes there's four people entered an 11-man double up. And I look and it's two regulars and two people I don't recognize. Enter immediately. Mm -hmm. Enter. I don't care who else goes in. But then sometimes I see, you know, six out of 11 full and it's all six people I know. And I just leave that out there. I just like, okay. I don't care if it's a dollar. Sometimes I, it's a dollar. You're going to do that for a dollar double up? Hell yeah. It adds up over time. And it's not that hard to just click the entrance button and look. The the badge itself, I think, is not as important as the name. Like, I feel like people are much more um, benefiting from knowing who the big players are. And you kind of named a few of them because uh, theoretically, you could be playing somebody who earned their badge playing baseball. Right. And like that's kind of and the there, other... there are, and there are plenty of people. I, I there are plenty of soccer people like that. I mean, that's why 
in your records, especially if you're playing head-to-heads, like you could go through all your opponents. And then you could even use, although it is a competitor site, so I don't know if I can mention a competitor, uh, Roto-Grinders does have like a, a lot of rankings or whatever, and you mm-hmm. could do an opponent search there. And you could even look, and it'll even show you if they're, if they're sharing their, their stats, which I do. So, I mean, you could look at all my current results, as long as it's the 10K prize pool tournament and above. Uh, that's all they calculate. So you could... You don't know anything underneath that. So, like, basically all my MLS action So all is MLS gone. is gone, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, that doesn't matter. Uh, you could at least look and go. It's like, oh, this is a new guy. You go there, and you find that all of his recent activity and all his top things are in NFL and NBA. And you go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll play. I'll play against that. And you have no record against, like, head-to-head or whatever. It's like, okay, I'll play. Mm-hmm. And then there's some, there's some times that people are just new to soccer that are gr- great at the other sports. And then over the course of three weeks— you look and you go, okay, because you you look at their lineups and you go, okay, they're not that bad. The next week when they're when they're still in there, I'm not going to treat them as as uh, you know as as if there were a no badger. Mm-hmm. Like no, they're a regular. But uh, but that's also important of checking the lineups. So every head to head, especially against the newer people that I don't recognize that I'm taking action from, you know, when lineup lock hits or after the slate is over, go go and look and go mm-hmm. who did they take? And you go, it's like oh, why did that was a stupid cash play. This was a st- this, or you look and you go, okay, this wasn't. I wouldn't have gone in this direction specifically, but I, I get the logic here. This this was a solid lineup, and a solid lineup versus my lineup is probably going to be underneath the ten percent rake on a head to head. That I don't want to take their action anymore. How this is going to sound like a like I'm setting you up to be sound a little pompous, but like how often. That's fine. Um, do I don't mind. I don't <laughs> mind. The pompous. How uh, often do you, when you do lose a head-to-head, does it feel like you got beaten by a better lineup as opposed to a lucky lineup? Man, it depends. It depends on the player. Yeah. It, it really. Uh, I I I know I play safe. Mm-hmm. So a lot a lot of t- times, I'm I'm more self-reflective. Like, that's why like, you're just trying to set me up to be pompous. Like, I, I don't view myself. Like, I'm, like, in, in addition to playing DFS, I, I, I was a full-time stand-up comic. Uh, and the, the quote that I would give to, like, newer comics, that you could tell the difference between uh, a bad comic and a good comic by, uh, like, a bad comic will go on stage and do okay and come off and... Be all happy about the one joke that worked. We'll come to you, all the comics in the back are, you know, talking to like, hey, did you hear my, yeah, look at that one joke that worked. Uh, a great comic, a good comic, will get on stage, completely kill, do incredibly well, get off a stage and lament the one joke that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I look at that as like, I, I look at the lineup that, oh, I scored a 110 and these I lost like half of my head to heads because this guy scored a 116 and that card scored a 126. And I look and I go, I go, it's not a bad lineup. A little bit more, I I played it a little bit too safe. Mm-hmm. I, I yes, yes, probably. I mean, I hell, I did it yesterday. I I went the whole day in, in Champions League. I know this is probably a timeless podcast that you can listen to two years from now. <laughs> that's why I like talking about that type. Those that's why to me player picks like even writing. We're talking about them. It just feels like once the slate's over, like, like yep. the content just disappears. Like yep. it doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, 
uh, I, all day. I was like, uh, Antoine Griezmann's goal scoring odds are minus 250. Mm-hmm. Like it's at such a point with a, at 9100 that he becomes a cash play because yep. his likelihood of scoring is his floor. He has an eight point floor just on his goal scoring odds. So for a forward, that's pretty good on a heavily favored team. And I'm going the whole day going, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and then, you know, I'm like, but I'm not, I, I'm either going to play him or Carrasco, but I'm no Carrasco is only a plus 110 goal scoring. And he's any, and since he played 90 the uh, uh, over the weekend, he may only play 62 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, he, yeah, he's hot and he's going to get a lot more peripherals. Like Carrasco is probably safer even still. Uh, and I went the whole thing. And then by the time an hour comes before lock, I'm playing Carrasco instead of Griezmann. And scored, <laughs> scores 32 points. Carrasco scored like 19 or whatever, but a lot of the head-to-head matchups that were in it, I see Griezmann, Griezmann, Griezmann. Yep. Some people, Griezmann and Carrasco. And I'm going, going. yeah, I would have done a lot better if I would have just played Griezmann instead of Carrasco in order for me to get Angel Di Maria, who only scored 10 points. Because he was the safe, Angel Di Maria, safe, really safe play. But he didn't have enough upside in that away matchup that, you know, I played it really, really safe. Mm-hmm. And, I got, and I got burned for it. So I look at the I don't look now the lineups that have the central defender in there the 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 so the backup full but I mean sometimes some of these some of these lineups you look at and you think they're bots. <laughs> no one could like you know someone someone beat you with Frank Lampard who didn't even start the game because he scored a goal mm-hmm. when he came in in the 74th minute. Yes, I view that as luck. If someone's playing substitutes and beat you, like I'm not viewing that like like hey how am I going to control that right? You, I can uh, only control what I do. Right. You brought it up just now, and I, uh, you also brought it up on your podcast. Another one that I'm going to – I should just send everybody to listen to that one and not even keep listening to this. But uh, you talked about stacking Carrasco and Griezmann, and you went uh, on an, uh, an interesting rant about why people should not necessarily stack in soccer, um, which is something well, I agree with as well. On DraftKings, yes. Um, can you explain that to our listeners right now? Okay, I mean, I I I think this is like more of a like a beginner type of yep. reason. Most of the most of the regular, you know, experienced players. Uh, soccer, you don't score in it. Like that's there's not enough scoring of goals in soccer where uh, stacking, especially in cash, is typically worth it. So I mean, if you take a look at goal scoring odds, I mean, even even on days like the the legitimate uh, like heavy favorite. On an EPL slate, the total is still only going to probably be three. Mm-hmm. The favorite's only going to be minus two seventy or something like that. Like the likelihood of a blowout, where if you get if you take three or four players from one team, and this is on a regular slate, like if it's a two game slate, obviously, I mean that makes sense. You don't have that you don't you don't have that many people to choose from. Uh, but I'm talking about a six game, seven game slate. It's like, well, if they win three nothing, I mean, uh, it's are all four of them scoring? I mean, like, what, what, how are you accumulating all the points where you could, you, 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 it would have to be exactly distributed that way. But if we t- take a look, most of the time, you have one guy that scores two goals, one guy that scores one goal, and then you may have one out of the four that just gets three points. And you're like, what happened there? You know, you see that in Liverpool with Coutinho and Firmino and Lalana. Like, you, uh, you can only afford to play two practically. Most of the time and in soccer, that is a stack. If you play two 8,000 K, you know, 8K players to me, that's a stack. Playing yes. KDB and Aguero is a stack. It's not like baseball. Where you play four guys, uh, you know, because it's it's the amount of the salary that you're putting in. 
So, uh, uh, so you're, you're going to pick those, and then Mane scores when you pick Coutinho, and Liverpool wins four nothing, and you still lose mm-hmm. because you didn't pick the right two players or the right three players. And then let's say Liverpool scores nothing. Well, then now you're dead. Right now, now your lineup's completely dead. So, like, it's one of those points that you have too many points of failure. That, and I think you mentioned it on 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 your last podcast. Mm-hmm. That you know, you 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 either have to pick perfect, and then also avoid them not just all throwing up a dud. Right. And it just isn't worth it to do both. It's better to either make a strong choice and pick one, or fade it mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. Now, in a GP like. When it comes to GPPs, uh, GPP you could justify anything. I'm not saying it's good justifications. You could you could roster a cheese sandwich in a GPP and go, he's going to be low owned, so why the hell not? That's one of my. That's literally my biggest pet peeve about GPP touting. <laughs> like just anybody, you can make a justification for anybody. Yeah, but I think that the problem, like we discussed before, is that now when you combine those 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 cheese sandwiches on top of each other. Right. Now you've made it so that you, the, your likelihood of winning is very small. You could do, you could put one cheese sandwich in as long as you're doing one cheese sandwich. Fine. You could justify that. Uh, but, uh, but I, I mean, you even take a look at uh, uh, champions league. Like we get a lot of those or world cup qualifiers, those really lopsided games, yep. real Madrid versus Warsaw, you know, that type you know, five goal totals, the Spain game that was eight, nothing mm-hmm. type of thing. And then people's first reaction is, I got to stack. I yep. got to pick five people from that. It's like, <laughs> well, what's the distribution going to be? Because, I mean, a lot of times you take a look at those games and Ronaldo scores three goals and gets two assists. And then you have Bale that gets 18 points, which is great. You have Benzema that gets 12. Ronaldo has 40. The rest of the players really don't. Like, Cruz has eight. It's like, what did you stack for? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're, the, the amount of points... You have to look at will the amount of points that you're taking from the secondary players that you're stacking from going to be more than in the other games? Exactly. Yeah. The oh. uh, the Arsenal Ludo Goretz first leg uh, was like that six nothing. Ozil had the hat trick, but if you didn't have him, or if you had him and you know Walcott and Sanchez, like it just didn't pay off to have them all, despite them winning six nothing. Right. And that's why I, I won. I won the Golden Boot that day with just Ozil. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, I he was three percent owned, and that's the reason I took him in GPP, because I knew so many people were stacking Arsenal, mm-hmm. and I was going to go. Well, I'll play, I'll play Oxlade Chamberlain because he's, I mean, he out knows. of the, all of them, he was fifty-seven. I could throw him in. Yeah. Then yes, I do put I put Walcott in one lineup. I put Sanchez in one lineup. I mean, I, I in GPP lineups, I'm gonna, I, I'm betting on not Arsenal. I'm betting on Arsenal scoring three goals and. I'm betting on it all going through one guy. Yeah. Like, I'm not like I'm not going to put two in one lineup. I'm just going to, if Sanchez goes off, I got one GPP that could win. If Walcott goes off, I got that also. And then mm-hmm. if Ozil goes off, I got that as well. Mm-hmm. I got two lineups, and I am I put more weight into Ozil because out of all those options, I thought he would be the fourth. I thought number one would be Oxlade-Chamberlain because of his price, then Walcott, then Sanchez, then Ozil. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, let me, let me build that Ozil lineup as safe as possible around him. So if you take a look at the lineup that I won with, it's kind of like, oh, wow, it looks like your cash lineup just now with Ozil there instead of the other guys. Like, yeah, and that one. That's why when I say that you don't have to be ultra contrarian, I have one 3% own guy that got 49 points, mm-hmm. and everyone else was just like, oh, they have the safe plays. Like, yeah, that's it. Done. And he's not necessarily 
like and a he's not risky a risky play. play. Yeah. Right? He's not a cheese sandwich at all. <laughs> he just had. I, I I just knew that people would be stacking, and he would be the lowest owned. So, right. Like just give me and and I know Arsenal's probably going to beat Ludogorets, but I don't. I didn't think six nothing or anything. But I mean the the total on that game was a four. Right. Yeah. It was. There were goals to be had in that one anyway. We knew that. Um, on the flip side, it looks like we're we're only one week down into FanDuel. Um, I it seems like the stacking technique works out perfectly for um, heavy favorites on FanDuel, though. It seems like that, at least. I mean, <laughs> I mean we have a limited sample size. I mean, right. I, I looked at the game logs. Uh, I got a spreadsheet that, like, you know, average per 90 type of thing yep. that I was just looking at. And I know they have something up on Rotowire that that's similar. Uh, but it doesn't tell you the context. Like, that's yeah. like that first week. I'm like, okay, now I see this in context. You can look and go, oh, this guy averages 22 this game, 18 that game, 26 that game. But you have to look, who did they play, and how did the rest of his team do around him? Was he the outlier? Or was, I mean, were were they defending the whole game? Were they attacking the whole game? It just seems like, if you break it down like that, that the games that are the most valuable are the ones where – one team is overwhelming another side Mm -hmm. and the games that are a midfield slog are really safe floors, but you can't stack anything there. Yep. Like that, that like the, the, the Lester Tottenham game ended up being just a midfield. Like, like if you played any of those guys, you got 15 points, Mm -hmm. like all of them come. I mean, they, that entire midfield, I think Drinkwater did. I mean, he has a lot of tackles. So he may have done, you know, 28 or something like that. But you can't stack that game because you're never going to get enough points. I mean, you could take one of them, but in a game where uh, where Man United is putting in 37 shots, even there was no goals in the there was no goals in the game. And if you picked four Man United players, you probably did extremely well. Well, on the flip side, you could also take like if you take the heavy favorite attacking players and the defensive players from that same game on the other team, you would have made a fortune. Right. So like, it goes completely counterintuitive to how you play on draft games. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you could go to the point where you, I mean, they, I don't think they let you just play two teams, but theoretically, that Manchester United-Burnley game, if you had guys just from that game, you would have won everything. And there was right, a 0-0 zero, zero score. Right, you would have went over 228, right? right. I think it was the high score in the sweeper. Uh, yeah, no, I I mean, you'd play that one. I mean, I think you have to play th- people from three teams. I mean, right. you'd play four Man United, Four Burnley, and then a, and then one defender from another, and you would have been great. Now that's that's look. I mean, we're talking about a game where one team had thirty-seven shots. Right, yeah, right. It's not gonna happen <laughs> every week. And then you have a goalkeeper that's that get that scores a forty. Right. On 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 FanDuel, but it's a ma- it's a matter of it's very similar to baseball. Yeah. Uh, if you played MLB, where you know a, a lot of the GPP strategy is just you know, but you're gonna pick on a pitcher. And if the pitcher is going to get bombed, he's typically going to get bombed in a row. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to get bombed in one inning. You just want to pick the heart of that order or parts of that, you know, whatever you could fit in. Pick the one, two, four, five, whatever type of combination. And then you you look you at another it. game. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, what, what, what two pitchers are getting bombed? And you pick the and hopefully you pick the right guys. And then the multi-entry people that put in 100 entries, typically the ones that pick out those two games, but do one, two, four, five, and then do two, three, seven. You know, like they do all the right. com- as many of the combinations as possible. Now, if that pitcher doesn't get bombed, they lose 100 entries. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why when you take a look at multi-entry guys and you go, well, they could they could do all the possibilities. No, no, they can't. No. So mathematically, they're way you're way underestimating. Yeah, like how many you could possibly do. 
within the entry limit, let alone within your bankroll. Like mm-hmm. you'd have to spend a million dollars just to make every right. combination. Uh, but I think that uh, for FanDuel Soccer, that is, I don't, I don't know what the cash strategy is. I'm still kind of like uh, the pick here, like because in MLB. Uh, you can do, you know, a bunch of one-offs. You take a leadoff hitter of the year. I mean, it's primarily going to be against, you know, crappier pitchers mm-hmm. you're going after. But, I mean, you're going after the guys that, you know, that have high, you know, OBAs. You know, like, they get on base, they do stuff, rather than the guy that strikes out too often. Uh, so, I think on FanDuel Soccer, you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see the Danny Drinkwaters be, you know, that's that's a that's a safe cash play mm-hmm. uh, type. As long as they score over twice, I think... Uh, yeah, they need still need to score over 20. Like a, a safe cash play still needs to be a guy oh, yeah. that, but even if he doesn't score a goal, gives you 25 points. And there's not as many as you think of those guys. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference is that the cash lineups are not going to be that different than the GPPs. Because like, if you win a GPP on DraftKings with like Salomon Rondon because he was 5800 and he scored he scored a goal. He's not like an eight-shot player, so he's not even like that can help you on DraftKings, but that really doesn't help you on on FanDuel. Like you're getting. All right, well, 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 take a look at the the, the past week. Sergio Aguero, two goals. Yep. <laughs> on, uh, right, he scored two goals. You get twenty points per goal on on FanDuel with the combined with the shot on everything. Target, yeah. Right. Just like we say twelve on DraftKings when it's really ten right. plus one plus one. Uh, he scored two goals and on, and he had uh, like what three other shots on target or mm-hmm. something like that, and uh, and he ended up with fifty points. Mm-hmm. Juan Mata, <laughs> in a game where no goals were scored, had forty nine points. Yeah. Yep. But like you would theoretically think both of them should have been fine cash plays. Right. And so no, Mata definitely. Right. Uh, and but they're yeah. I just I think the. The differences in a winning GPP lineups are not going to be all of that different from cash. No, you're going to go after the heavy favorite, and you know you may play two or three guys on the heavy favorite right. team as your as your play. And also, your the 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 goal dependence of the forward doesn't matter because you're getting so many points for. I mean, you, a third of a goal is a shot on target, as yeah. opposed to a sixth on DraftKings. So like. Like to me, I saw Zlatan Ibra. If Zlatan Ibrahimovic was eleven thousand on DraftKings, I never possibly. That's not a cash play, right? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Even if his goal scoring odds were sixty percent, that's mm-hmm. still for that price. No, on FanDuel, that was an easy plug-in. That's mm-hmm. like in that game, it eight shots and four on. Ta- I mean, four shots on target. I mean, you're talking that that's a goal. That's right. equal to a goal. And then remember, a shot on target is also a goal. <laughs> so you're getting you're getting five points for that anyway. So like I think Zlatan put up in that game what like thirty three or thirty five, yeah. yeah, something points without scoring. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I know that would not wouldn't be his normal game because they got so many shots that game. But you could ter- certainly see him getting three shots on goal mm-hmm. in a game, as well as obviously getting fouls drawn and other stuff. So I mean, his floor is twenty points as it is without scoring a goal. Right, yeah, the the low shot goal dependent forwards that everybody makes justifications for in right. drafting like GPPs, like Odin, like Odin and Gallo would be like not a cash play. Exactly, exactly. Um, or or actually countering forwards like Jermaine Defoe. Yep. Like a, anyone on an underdog team where the the shots are going to come from counters and not from like crosses or from a, a sustained attack because they may only have 
four or five chances even of that type the whole the game. whole game yeah and the, and the chances may not even turn into a shot because the ball may end up you know going out of bounds or a defender comes and tackles him or something like that so that's why you know those underdog teams like uh, Callum Wilson or something you yeah. know even though that's not a, he's not really a, a, a countering type of forward but, but he's, mean, a shot, he may, he's, he's a low shot taking right goal dependent player <laughs> and it's not but it's not because of the players because of the team that he plays right, on you yes. put him put him on arsenal and yeah he'll take plenty of uh, shots right yeah all right i've taken enough of your time um was this inside i asked that on my podcast but i like you know did did anyone get anything out of this <laughs> i i got plenty out of it so even if none of our listeners did i feel like i did um, so thank you very much for doing that. Uh, everybody can, you can find Jordan on Twitter at blender HD. Uh, you can also find him on DraftKings and FanDuel there. Uh, he has an excellent, uh, DFS podcast, the fantasy flush. What is the other one's title? I, the morning dump there where I go. do poop, poop every day. I do a poop story. Oh, well, there you go. If that's your thing. <laughs> then both, jump both on podcasts, by the way, just as a disclaimer are, uh, extremely NSFW. Uh, yeah, I, if you listen to podcasts in the car with your kids, I would, uh, I would not listen to those when they were around. I made that mistake the other day and had to listen to the podcast later because my daughter was in the car with me. <laughs> yeah, being on this podcast is, 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 uh, is being, is very detrimental to my brand. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they'll come over from that podcast. like, wow, he's really calm and not cursing. Yeah. Who like, is that guy? Right. Maybe he we, must be on Prozac. I was just about to say, we drugged you up before this one just to make sure it didn't get out of hand. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Jordan, thank you very much, and hopefully we can uh, do this again when we're all winning on FanDuel as well as DraftKings. Sounds good to me. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.